My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. Thank you so much for rocking with this podcast. I know this episode has gone a couple of hours later than it should have. I was literally just waiting for my voice to get right. I have the worst flu and it has come at the worst time. I'll get into that a little later in the episode. However, if you're new to this, episodes like this go out every single Monday and you can head over to LegallyCluelessAfrica.com to check out our tour series and three seasons of our video series that are super awesome. And while you're there, you can sign up to join our community. And if you're an OG member who has already done all of these things, knows the drill, thank you so much for rocking with this podcast. Oh my goodness, another thing that I want to say thank you for is we are three tickets while I'm recording this, three tickets away from selling out our group therapy sessions. Like, I am so excited. It's the first time we're doing a group therapy session. So as is the case with whenever you're doing something for the first time, I was just full of self-doubt and just wondering, will anybody care about this event? Will it work out? And now we're about to be sold out. This is hectic. So if this is your first time hearing about this group therapy session, since in previous episodes, I'm always telling you about my therapist, Faith, and the amazing ways she has held my hand through healing. She has taught me so much about inner work and just traumas and losses and boundaries and ah. The list is endless, so I figured we should do group therapy sessions for our community. So our first one is this Saturday, the 25th of February, and the theme is Losses Without Funerals. And it's so hectic that that's the theme because I'm currently navigating feelings of loss. Again, I'm going to get into that a little later in this episode, okay? However, tickets are 1500 bob. It's from 9.30 a.m. And honestly... Looking back on your life and trying to evaluate the losses that you've experienced that are not linked to the physical death of someone is one of the best places to start your healing journey. So I really think it's magical that we're going to be doing it together and that so many of you have already signed up by buying your tickets. I think that is so courageous and is so, what is the word? It's a huge act of self-love. Therapy can be scary to sign up for. Inner healing work, even scary because you have to kind of confront so many demons and that you've done that, taken the first step, I think is super commendable. So I'm over here ducking into my bathroom to goggle aloe vera <laughs> in hot water just to have a voice to talk to you guys. But imagine it works. If you have the flu that's doing the rounds, if your voice is gone, Just cut up some aloe vera. So take one of the leaves. Are those leaves? Yeah, I guess they're leaves. Cut off the thorny bits. Cut the actual leaf. Is it a leaf? Anyway, that thing. Cut it. (laughs) And then put it in some water. Boil it. Gargle that. Immediately, your voice just kind of opens up. Trust me. Anyway, I'm just saying that because this is probably going to be the longest recording time for me because I have to keep stopping to go and do that and I realized that I moved on to aloe vera before telling you where to get your tickets we only have 
three tickets left, which is just crazy. Head over to legallycluelessafrica.com or in the show notes, there's a link. Once we sell the three, we're sold out. We cannot accept anybody else and there'll be no tickets sold at the gate. All right, let's go into the song of the week, which is a song I listened to on Friday morning and Saturday morning. And it's exactly what I needed. I feel like it's not just a song. The stuff that Londrell does is not just music. It's like very deep, you know? And so, and so I don't know. I don't know if I should call it music, but it's, it's like healing chants. <laughs> so the one that has really held me together in the past four days that have been so hectic is Gratitude by Londrell. I've put a link in the show notes but it starts off with him saying at the very beginning he's grateful to see another day something like that because many people didn't wake up you know and I'm just beginning to understand that yeah that is basic but it's exactly what is needed that yeah that might be something basic but it's a big deal to see another day and even when the days aren't going according to plan Even when you don't have a voice, there is beauty in a sunrise and there is beauty in being able to see the end of the day, Yanni, the sunset. So I like this song and I always go to it in hectic times. So yeah, I hope you find some solace in it as well. I've put a link to it in the show notes. All right, let's jump into why this episode is not a part two. (laughs) So last week, my work laptop was stolen. Yeah. As a result of me being a bit too trusting of humans and trusting of someone I believe in. And I think they're the ones who took advantage of that. And immediately it happened. I had what I thought was a complete meltdown. Dramatic crying. (laughs) Um, I mean, I can laugh about it now, but I, I, What I kind of liked about it is that I wasn't numb. In most of my previous kind of like hectic, bad experiences, I would normally be numb, which many people would take as, oh, she's strong. But I would numb my feelings and not let myself feel. So looking back, even the theatrics of my crying was kind of good because I was feeling and I was letting that out. And I distinctly remember feeling that my core, my inner core inside was very calm. And I was just like, well, this is very different. Whenever things I didn't plan for would happen to me a long time ago, it would feel like everything within and without was shattered. But this time, the outside was expressing and the inside was very calm. In fact, the tears were because of the three and a half stories that I hadn't backed up because I was in the middle of editing them, which is silly on my end, but it is what it is, right? And the half being half of Sweetie's story. And so a lot of my tears were because I felt like I had dishonored the storytellers, even though this was something out of my control, you know? I felt like they had given me their time, opened up their life to me, and then here we were. And I don't know, that I that felt really painful. I think because I really feel so honored by every storyteller. 
and I just feel like I'm not crying. It's my voice. <laughs> I just feel just so honored. I don't know if there's another word, but it's like heavier than honored by each and every storyteller that has come on this podcast. And so that's what I was crying about. I wasn't crying about the laptop because I knew I have a backup, but I was crying for two things, the stories and the storytellers. And the second thing was, oh man, I thought, I thought human beings were nice, you know? And then it turns out some are nice and some are not. And sometimes it's not even that black and white. Sometimes it's good people who find themselves making one bad decision, you know? And I think that just made me sad. I think a mistake that I often do, and maybe many empaths do, is we project ourselves onto others. So we think other people are like us and they're thinking exactly like us. And that's really not the case. Yeah, and so that just made me really sad. It it just made me kind of question what I should do moving forward in terms of interacting with human beings. Like, I'm very trusting, very fast. Maybe I need to, to figure that out. But at the same time, I do not want this world to make me cold or to make me what I'm not. So I have to find a way to protect myself against things like this happening while still remaining who I am. That's a bit tricky. Like, I'm not even sure how I'm going to do that. But all of those emotions were hitting me at the same at the same time. When I thought about, when I was going on and on, I was just like having a complete meltdown for my partner. And I was like, I don't even know what episode I'm going to, what am I going to do in this week's episode? And just like kind of losing it for a bit. And he was like, tell them what you're feeling tell them this kind of like sat with my emotions and there's some highlights I want to share I wouldn't even call them lessons I just I just think they're highlights maybe there's something to learn from them I don't know but yeah so the first one is under the banner lost triggers so I went to report the incident at the police station and I remember breaking down at a point not because of what I had lost but because in that moment I wanted to call two people and it hit me that those two people are both dead (laughs) my mom and my uncle peter who was a lawyer and just kind of understood a lot of our strange justice system you know i didn't cry because i was alone i was not alone i have an amazing support system which i'm going to get to in a bit but i think the weird thing about death is that You will have life reminders of like just when you're getting comfortable with the facts or the day-to-day of not seeing this person who's dead. Life throws a situation your way to really remind you that, yo, these people are not here. It was just so overwhelming at the time and I just started crying, you know, and I couldn't stop it. And I wasn't alone. I honestly have really great people around me. But it just made me understand that in life, our support systems change or evolve over time. Could be some actually die. Some relationships change and stop being as close. Some get even closer. Some completely end. 
And so your support systems will change and they will evolve. And it's it's very easy to absorb this when you're not really in a moment where you need the support system. You're like, yay, I get it, I get it. My support system has changed. It's cool. I I understand this. But when you're in a moment where you're forced to recognize, Haya, there has been a change, you really start to acknowledge and absorb the loss, which is a great thing to do, but it doesn't feel so good, you know? Ugh. The next banner thing, I'm not calling these lessons, but it's just like, let me call them reflection points, okay? With words. So after this happened, I almost, almost fell into the trap of heartful words that someone close to me once told me. So when someone tells you you're basically a failure or you don't have your life together, etc., something to, I really don't want to use the words they, they used. When something that smells, huh? it is not failure, but it smells like failure happens or smells like that word that they used on you, it's a negative word. When something that can be rounded off to that word happens, if you're not careful, you can retreat into the prison of those people's words. And then you start to doubt yourself. And that's kind of what had started happening for a few minutes. And I say minutes because I'm, I actually remember the moment it started happening and the moment I told my mind, get it together, please. You know, you, you start to believe there's terrible words that were said to you and you start to doubt all of your decisions, you know, and if you're not careful in localizing one issue, it can run over to the next, you know, it can be no wonder ABCD didn't work. It's because I'm a failure. We're going with failure as the example word, right? So my laptop's been stolen. Then it'll become no wonder I didn't even get that other gig. It's because I'm a failure or no wonder so-and-so didn't agree to this pitch or doesn't want to work with me or it becomes something that it's not. And if you don't catch the thought early enough, it ripples and gives birth to other thoughts, other thoughts, other thoughts. And before you know it, you've retreated into this prison that is made up of words, hurtful words that other people have told you about you. And you have to catch yourself and have your own definitions of self because if you don't, you will crumble. You will crumble believing that you are what others say you are. And so I had to like catch myself and be like, okay, I am a bit too trusting. That is a problem. But this doesn't reflect on any other decision per se. I think also just remembering that people will label you a certain thing mainly as a reflection of either who they are or the internal issues they are navigating. So they're projecting on you. So what's really important is to have your own set of words that define you, that you can retreat to and have such a strong sense of self and definition of self that only you can edit it and change it and not the words of others. The other reflection point, this is what we're calling it, has been open yourself. I have seen how opening myself to love and letting people be there for me is important. There are people who 
want to be there for you. There are people who are there for you. And sometimes you don't see it because you're trying to look at other people to be there for you who aren't. You know, you're so caught up in what you don't have that you don't see what you have. And that's what I was doing for a long time, as well as just not letting people in. And in therapy, what is so funny, I learned that this is a behavior that I picked up probably when I was in primary school. So my dad was super physically abusive with my mom. And the days he'd come home and really beat her up and it would be chaos, we'd get no sleep. And the next day we would have to go to school. And I kind of, in that process, learned how to fake being okay and how to mask. And I became incredibly good at it. I think they're friends of mine from primary school who are only now finding out that my home had all of this drama. I never said it. It doesn't help that I smile a lot naturally. I think I just learned how to mask very well when I was a kid. And it's kind of how I cope now. So it's very hard for anybody to know if I'm not okay. So when I'd be asked, are you okay? I'd always say yes. And I would only share problems when shit has really hit the fan. It's not an easy thing. Especially when you've been in survival mode almost all your life. It's hard. It's hard to, to say you're not okay. But it's also a blessing to be with someone who can identify when you need help without you even having to ask. It's a blessing, but it's not healthy. <laughs> so as much as there's that, I acknowledge that people shouldn't have to read my mind. So through all this, I've learned to say, hey, I'm a little bit sad, you know? Or, hey, I can't sleep. So like a morning ago, my friend Kamal called me. We were to have a shoot and she's someone who's very close to me. She reminds me so much of my mom. So she's like my mom and my friend in one. Anyway, she called me and as soon as she heard my voice, first and foremost, I sounded worse than this. <laughs> oh my goodness. She asked me if I'm okay. And I just said no and I started crying. Because in that moment, I, with everything that was happening, I really missed my mom. That particular morning, I woke up really missing my mom. And all I wanted was, okay, so from when I was a kid till when I was grown up, my mom died when I was 23. So until I was 23, I would cuddle with my mom in her bed. In fact, I remember the one time my dad spanked me. He'd never died. Like, it only happened once. Was, I think I was probably six or seven years old. And so he had been away for a work trip. And while he was away, I slept in their bed. And of course, I loved it because I got to cuddle with my mom. And, you know, I was just really babied. I loved it. And what I didn't realize is that that was my safe place. So I loved being with her. And then he came back. And I was just like, what is this guy doing back here? <laughs> oh my goodness. And I actually remember telling them like, okay, you've come back from work. I get it. But there's a new sleeping arrangement here. So what you can do is go sleep in my bed. And what I'm going to do is continue sharing this bed with my mom. And of course they were like, are you crazy? And you know, I went to my room and I just cried. And it was a room I shared with my sisters. And I cried and I cried. And I was like, 
I am going to keep this tantrum going until I get what it is I've just asked for. I kept crying. Wait, kept going, kept going. My sisters get into bed. Lights are switched off. I'm still crying. I keep going. I just saw a shadow. <laughs> Come and give me the, the toughest slap I have ever received. Huh? And I just kept quiet and I got into bed and I slept. <laughs> But I share this story, not that so you can laugh at my stupidity, but just to say that that was always my safe place. And I would keep sleeping in my mom's bed. I, even as an adult, would cuddle with her in her bed. I could sleep in that bed right beside her any day, any time. If I felt I didn't want to sleep in my bed, because until her death, I lived with her, I could do it, you know? It was my safe space you know I felt safe I felt love and even after she died I would I remember because this was even after I moved out etc I still had access to that house and I would leave work early if I'd had a bad day and I would go to my mom's room which was on the complete opposite side of town from where I lived but I would get into my car I would drive there and I would sleep in her bed. And then I would get up before everyone who stays in that house would come back from work, get into my car, and go back to my house. And so this particular morning that Kamal called me, all I wanted was to cuddle with my mom in her bed. And so I just started crying. Kamal started crying. <laughs> it was exactly what I needed. There's something very cleansing about crying. And I felt so much better afterwards, after opening up to her and just telling her what I wanted and, and I didn't have the ability to have that. And so I've really learned that as your support system evolves, open yourself up to receive love and care. Because in the moments where you're like, nobody's there for me, etc., etc., there are people there for you. You're just focused on the people who aren't. And that's doing a disservice to yourself. That was an aloe vera break. Let me tell you, I didn't tell you guys earlier, that aloe vera concoction is so bitter. You will gag, but it's worth it. Trust me. But it tastes so bad. Oh my goodness. But it works instantaneously. Like, I, I don't know why I didn't know about this before. Anyway, on to the next and what I think is the final reflection point. Oh no, it's not. It's the next one. Second to last. It's healing. As you do your inner healing work, I think I assumed the world will heal as well and probably even at the same pace as me. So I found it so destabilizing when something rattles my life because I'm like, bro, are we not on the same page? I'm doing my inner healing work and everything around me is meant to be perfect because we're healing. I remember I felt this first when my uncle died, right when he had become someone I spoke to a lot about things that I was navigating at the time. And I remember I thought, surely I've done my healing work. I felt like the universe then owed me an easy life. But that's not how these things work. Life will keep happening as you heal. And that means beautiful things will happen and terrifying things will happen. This doesn't mean that your inner healing work is being done in vain. I think what you will notice and what I noticed is that my response to these life situations is what shows me that 
indeed there's some parts of me that are truly healing even me just saying i was processing my emotions through crying my inner core felt confident and kind of like stable i wasn't reacting the way former me would react these are all signs of healing work so if you're doing the inner healing work the beautiful moments will be so beautiful that you will think that okay everything around me is healing as well and that the universe owes you an easy life now that's not how these things work and the final reflection point is sitting in the situation versus allowing yourself to feel so i've realized when something happens i will replay the scenario over and over thinking what if i did this or i did that oh i'm so silly why didn't i do this and this wouldn't have happened a b c d and all of this is really a waste of energy because you cannot change past situations and it doesn't help to shit on yourself during a shit situation but you not doing this you not replaying the situation isn't synonymous with not letting yourself process the feelings does this make sense i felt that if i don't replay the situation and if people around me are telling me look forward look forward i would be like can you people don't want me to feel sad you will do want me to feel let down but these two things are not synonymous that's not what they're saying you can let yourself feel the loss acknowledge it and even moan it without replaying the situation with what ifs and i find that in feeling the loss acknowledging that i feel sad about abcd moaning it i find that in doing this you're honoring yourself because you're saying to yourself something has happened that has resulted in an emotional response it has made us feel something okay what is this feeling oh you feel sad okay i'm sorry you feel that way your feelings are valid i will honor you by not ignoring your feelings does this make sense and you know what is so hectic is i've not been sick for a very long time but i also know that immediately i get stressed my body kind of falls in line with the stress with the emotional stress and it's something that came up in the body talk therapy session i talked about i think the previous episode or the episode before that i went for and before i used to get so sad when i would be physically sick i'd just be like oh man do you remember when we had a full voice good old days good old days and just there were times i even felt like a failure for falling sick but that was kind of linked to the toxic workspace that I worked at at the time but in this moment I'm kind of like letting the emotions and the physical manifestation of them ride out I let myself feel sad I let myself feel yeah I think the main emotion has been sadness but I'm not rushing myself and i'm kind of like honoring myself so i even canceled a speaking engagement i had in the past i could have pushed myself but i was like no your body and insides are processing something give them the space to do so and so that's what i'm doing but of course you know i had to give you an episode <laughs> but um oh my goodness even just recording this has been good for my insides i feel really good 
And I'm very thankful because I could not have made this a safe space without you. So I'm very thankful that, you know, I have you and we can still keep on with this journey. I will try very much as possible to re-record the second bit of Sweetie's story. I do remember everything that she said. And it's so sad because in the second part, she really does talk. She's, you know how she is. She's so powerful. So I'm, I'm really going to try and get that for you. But yeah, that's why this episode is not a part two and has the title that it does. But um, speaking of stories, if you want to share your story, there is a link in the description of this episode. Click it, fill out the form and I'm going to get back to you. I'm going to be doing marathon recordings this week and next week before I travel for something really fun. I'll tell you more about that a little later. This episode was for this. Another thing, three tickets left. Actually, let me just check if it's still three while we're talking. Maybe somebody. Oh, oh, okay. It's two tickets left. That's my happy click. Two tickets left. So make sure you grab your tickets for our group therapy session, which of course is happening on the 25th of February. My therapist Faith is going to be facilitating. I'm going to be there as well. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be an amazing start to your healing journey. Tickets are 1500 Bob. You can grab them right now. Link in the show notes or just head over to LegallyCluelessAfrica.com. All right. Do remember that this podcast plays on Trace Radio here in Kenya. Sorry, I just realized I don't like the earrings I'm wearing. So I'm like removing them to change them. I don't know if you're like me, those of you who wear earrings, but I have spare earrings all over. And so I've just seen a pair and I'm like, oh, I'd rather be wearing those. So I'm changing my earrings. Sorry. Yeah. Catch this podcast on Trace Radio here in Kenya, Trace FM, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. On Monday and Wednesday, it's 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. On Friday, it's 1 p.m. All right, so I'm going to end this episode here. I am so glad my voice came through alongside the aloe vera. That is so disgusting, but so effective. And as usual, I'm sending you so much grace and so much peace. I truly have so much love for you. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.